Father, I thank you. Are you guys hot? Are you hot? You ready? Who's got the tongue? Who's got the tongue? Go ahead. Christ of Nazareth. We come with our faith, with the power of the Holy Ghost with us. We come with the power of the gospel. Our reality is not the reality in our kitchens with our stoves and our sinks. Our reality is in the Word of God. Our reality is the Word of God. That is reality. The life that we live in the flesh is not lived in reality. Reality is the word of God. We come in the name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We come with a sword. We come with a shield. We come with our feet shod with the gospel of peace. We come with power. Amen? Wow. Okay, now, let's open with prayer. My heavenly, oh, by the way, hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. And we have a group of women that are learning how to walk in the power of God. All of us are, and you are welcome to join us. God is here ministering to his women, to his daughters, to put strength in our souls, to put power in our hearts. I give thanks, Father. I thank you. Let's, Father, I thank you. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that she could attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from power, from the power of Satan unto you. And I ask this, Father, and Father, grant us the spirit of grace on this meeting. Father, I thank you for that spirit of grace. Father, I thank you. You are the God of all grace. I thank you. You grant us that grace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you will turn in your Bibles to Romans 3. We're going to do something a little different. Why? Did, oh, I know why. I was going to say, why is this so far up? I took my shoes off because I'm shaking. And I didn't want to fall over in front of everybody. All right, I'm going to go to verse 23 in Romans 3. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I love the English Standard Version. It says, fall short. Ever feel like you fell short or you fall short? Ever feel like you've fallen short? We've talked about that before. Fallen short. What is that glory of God? It's the praise. It's the honor. It's the glory of God. It's the honor of God in our lives. We've fallen short. Oh, have we fallen short. But what we're going to look at today is from here, point A, fallen short, full of sin, all have sinned, to point B. And point B is chapter 5, verse 2. By whom also we have access into this grace wherein we stand. And this last phrase, and rejoice, and rejoice in the hope that's anticipation, expectation. In the expectation, the anticipation of the glory of God. 
The writer here went from falling short of his sin to the anticipation of that glory, that expectation of the glory. Now, how do we get from point A to point B? I love how God has a million ways to preach the gospel, to preach the death, burial, and resurrection. And he's going to do it again today by the Spirit of God. Okay? Now, back to 23, chapter 3. For all have sinned and come short of the glory, the honor of God. Now, how do we get there? From point A to point B. We're going to look at three things. We're going to look at justification through redemption. We're going to look at grace. And we're going to look at faith. If you read from chapter 3, verse 23, to chapter 5, verse 2, you will find those three things in there. Justification is necessary by the redemption of Jesus, by that death, burial, and resurrection. But also necessary is the grace. Is the grace. And also necessary is the faith. You've got to have those three. Those three will get you from point A to point B. And we want to live in point B. We want to live in that glory. Do you know it is possible to live in the honor, the praise, and the glory of God? It is possible. Forgive me. I wasn't even thinking. Now, verse 24, chapter 3. Being justified. First thing. Being justified. We've got to be justified. We've got to get justified. What is justified? Wiping the slate clean. Wiping the slate clean. All the sin in us, all of it, has to be taken away. It has to be cleaned out. Justification does not just mean forgiveness. It means taking the sin clear away as if you have never sinned. In other words, the slate's white. Totally white. All the sin's gone. All the regret is gone. Thank you, Jesus. All the regrets. All the mess-ups. All the sins, gone. The slate has to be clean. The heart has to be justified. Everything gone. I love the work when you consider justification. Justification is not covering over what you've done. It is taking it out of you to where it was like it was never there. Clean. Clean. I mean, clean. That's justification. Not only is it taken away from you, it is like you've never even sinned, but there is no punishment. None. Why? Because it's not there. It's not there. Now, how do we get that justification? How do we get the slate clean? We're not going to get to that glory. We're not going to get to that praise. We're not going to get to the honor of God until we get justified. But you know what? 
That's why he sent Jesus. He is not making uh, women that uh, meek and mild and have their sins covered. Because you will find that every time you start moving in the spirit, it comes uncovered. Ever try that? I mean, the devil knows what you did in 1962, if you're that old. And he will bring it to your attention when you are trying to walk with God. You know what? If you're justified, it's not there. It's not there. He has nothing to bring against you. If he tries, you say it's not there. And you know it's not there. We have to get justified. To get to point B, we got to be justified. Oh, we get partially justified. We got to get justified. How is that done? Look at that verse. Being justified freely. Freely. Do you know that the God that created this world through Jesus said it's free? Do you know it's free? Do you know to be totally justified, having nothing in there is totally free? Free. Justified freely. How? Here's those two other things. By his grace. By his grace. By his grace. We are justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I was telling Dole this morning that there is a, a God puts, um, I don't know what to say, images in my spirit and I can feed on them for days. And what he's doing is he's revealing to me Jesus. And it's one image at a time. And sometimes they go on for months. I see this image. And I have an image in my heart about that redemption and what it is. I think I've shared it a couple weeks ago. But I see in my spirit, I see Jesus. And I see him laying on the cross. And they are nailing the first nail in him. I see I don't see his face, but I see his chest and his belly. You know what I'm looking at? The heart. I see the man's heart. And I see them nailing the first nail in. And I can tell by looking at this image that his eyes are up. And in such submission and such obedience and such love for his father and he is getting ready I can see his spirit and his heart getting ready to take on our sin he didn't take it on before he was nailed to the cross he took it on after he was crucified it says that in, in Isaiah 53, and the Father laid all our sin on him once he was up. He's getting ready. Oh, I see the love for his Father. I see the submission. I see the obedience. I see the love for us. That body of a man, that body of a man was getting ready to take on your and my sin that sins everything we have ever committed. Every 
everything we have messed up. Everything that we regret, he took. He's getting ready to take it. I can see it. And he took it. He took it. For those mothers that regret the way they've raised their children, he took that. For those women that regret about their backgrounds, their, their history, he took that too. The way we handled our parents, the way we handled our friends, the way we handled our husbands, he took that too. Gladly. Gladly. He took every sin, everything we've ever done. He took it. And he bore it in that heart, in his soul. He didn't just handle it on the body. It was in his soul. He took our place. That redemption. All the things that make us crazy. All the things that make us stupid. All the things that we roll our eyes about ourselves. He took on that body. He took on that body. Why? Because the Father loved you. Because the Father loved you and knew you and knew we couldn't do it on our own. Loved us so much, he sent his son to carry it for us. That's the redemption. That's the ransom, which is what redemption means. It's a ransom. And who was he paying the ransom to? He was paying the ransom to God to get us out of the devil's hands. To get us out of hell. To get us out of paying for what we deserved. That is the redemption. The redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's the redemption. That is going from point A. Now we've got that sin. We've got all that we've done. We've got all that we regretted. We've got that on that body. We got it on the body. And the body takes it. Turn to verse 25. He said, whom God, whom God has set forth. I want you to see that. Don't ever forget. The Father's the one that sent Jesus. The Father's the one that sent him. The Father's the one that loved first. He said, for it wasn't because we loved him. He loved us first. For God so loved you. He sent Jesus. Knowing full well ahead of time what he was going to put his own son through. His own son through. Why? Because he wanted you. Because he wanted you. He wanted you in all your mess. He wanted you. Why? Because he made you. None of us are a surprise to God. None of us are accidents to God. He made you. And now he's bringing you to Jesus. The one he sent. Why? Because he loves you. 
commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, that's when he sent Jesus. Whom God has set forth. And that word set forth means foreordained. He planned this before you were ever born. He planned this before the world was even made. Do you know that in Revelation it says Jesus was crucified before the world was even made? Was it a surprise that Adam messed up? No. No. God knew it when he made him. He knew we were going to mess up too when he made us. He knew. He knew what we were going to do. His wisdom, his understanding is infinite. He knows everything. He knows your thoughts. He knew what you were going to think. He knew what you wanted to do. He knew your lusts. He knew it all. And he sent Jesus anyway. He sent him anyway. Whom God set forth to be a propitiation through, through. That word is appeasement. Appeasement. To appease who? To appease the Father. To appease the Father. The Father had to be appeased. Why? Because we were sinners. Because we were sinners. The wages of sin is death. The, God sent Jesus to be a man to save us. He didn't send Jesus to condemn us. Jesus said that. The Father didn't send me to condemn you. He sent me to save you. To save you, you wicked little thing. The Father sent me to save you you and how did he do it he was our appeasement he appeased the father how did he appease just what I said all our sin was put on him and he was put on the cross he took he took the cross he took the crucifixion he walked through it he said the propitiation through faith in his blood there's that faith there's the faith so the appeasement has to have the other two things. It has to have grace and it has to have faith for it to work. Jesus died already. The work's already been done. Jesus already paid for every, every sin ever committed or ever going to commit. He paid for it. What did John the Baptist say? Look at him. John the Baptist said, look at that man. Look at him. That's the Lamb of God who's going to take away sin from the world. Take away sin. Take away sin. What, what a joy when you realize you don't have to sin anymore. What a joy that you, when you're in the Spirit, you don't. You don't. You know, the only sin I have to deal with pretty much is unbelief. Of course, that's the big one. But anyway, all right. To be a propitiation through faith in his blood. To declare his righteousness. For the remissions of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Faith. Faith and grace. Why grace? Why grace? I've shared before. What is grace? Ephesians 2, uh, 2 8 says, For we are saved. For by grace are we saved. By grace are we saved. Well, why are we saved by grace? Jesus already did it. Yeah, but did you know it? 
By grace are we saved. What is grace? I love how the Father ministered it to me. Grace. I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for Jesus to die for me. I didn't ask for him to pay for my sins. I didn't ask for it. I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. I certainly didn't deserve it. I deserved the cross. But he did it anyway. He did it anyway. Jesus died for us even though we didn't deserve it and even though we didn't ask for it and most of the time we didn't even want it. And he did it anyway. He did it anyway. Do you know that you are justified anyway? Do you know that it is not what you do that justifies you? Do you know you can't work to be justified? But we try. We try. Oh, we think we have to do something to get justified. Grace did it for us anyway. God sent Jesus anyway. God put him on the cross anyway. God sent him to hell for us anyway. God raised him from the dead and forgave us anyway. That's grace. And you know what? That grace doesn't stop at the resurrection. That grace will meet you in the road. That spirit of grace will meet you when you are just having an awful day. You don't want to even hear God's name. And that grace comes in anyway. It comes in anyway. That's grace. That your ears are open. That you see that Jesus was di that died on the cross and was buried and rose again for you. That is the grace of God that you hear it. You didn't ask for it. He did it anyway. You weren't looking for it. He did it anyway. He met you in the road. Some of you he met on TV. Some of you, you came in here looking for some answers and you got it. And you got it. What did you learn? Jesus did it for you anyway. You cannot work for your justification. That is not an easy thing to overcome. But to get from point A to point B, you have got to realize it is only, only by grace. There is nothing you can do to impress God. Jesus did it anyway, already. You cannot work for this. And we will go down to that. Look at chapter 4, which is between point A and point B. What shall we say then to these things? Or what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, is found? For if Abraham were justified by works, clean living, never swore, never danced, never touched a drop of alcohol, never even looked at a woman, always helped the little old lady across the street, if Abraham were justified by works, he is aware of the glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Look at this. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. What was Abraham's big job? 
Was it the way he acted? Was it the way he acted? Was it the way he was brought up? No. Do you get that? It came to him righteousness, not by the way he acted, not by the way he was brought up, not by being 20 generations of Baptist, because there weren't any, not by following the Ten Commandments, because they weren't even brought forth yet. There was no Ten Commandments in Abraham's day. That was another 400 years. So it wasn't because Abraham did thou shalt not. Because there wasn't any thou shalt nots. What was it? He believed God. That's all. He believed God. He believed God in the very state he was in. He didn't wait till he wasn't drinking anymore. He didn't try to clean up the house before he went to God. He didn't try to stop the way he was talking, stop the way he was acting. I got to clean up before I get back to God. No. He didn't even know what sin, you know, they didn't have the list of what the sins were yet. There were no Ten Commandments. What made him righteous. He believed God. That's all. He believed God. He believed what God said. He believed. That's all. It said, what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God. Believed him. What he said, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. He had right standing with God. He did the right things. Why? Because he believed God. That's all. Now, to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but to him that worketh not, to him that worketh not, do you see that? It is not what you do. It is what you believe. So many of us are hung up on our self-righteousness that we cannot get past it. You cannot be justified with that self-righteousness. It's going to have to be nailed to the cross. It's going to have to be nailed to the cross. Abraham was righteous. Because he believed God. We're going from point A to point B. He believed God. Now, it says, verse 6. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man. Whom God imputeth righteousness. In other words, I can stand before God. Stand before God clean. Stand before God righteous. Stand before God uh, forgiven. Stand before God justified without works. Without works saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin. 
You know, it says in Jeremiah 5, 25, it says, Your iniquities, your iniquities, your sins have turned away these things and your sins have withholden good things from you. Do you see God wants to bless you? Do you see it's God's desire to bless us? It is his, his nature. He wants to bless us. He can't bless us with the iniquity and the sin there. Well, guess what the justification did? Guess what Jesus did? He took the sin away. There is nothing when you are justified. There's nothing to keep the blessings back. But I don't feel justified. Who asked you how you felt? Who is asking you how you feel? Just like that tongue this morning. Our reality is not what we feel. Our reality is the word of God. The word of God is our reality. The word of God is us. The word of God is, our, is, the, is the gospel. The word of God is our justification. Abraham believed God. He was righteous. We believe God and we're justified. We're justified when we look at the cross and we quit looking at how we feel. The feelings have got to go. Our feelings have got to go. That's what grace is. We didn't ask for it. We don't deserve it, but he did it anyway. I don't look at how I feel. And some days, I don't feel so good. Some days, you don't even want to talk to me. But you know what? I don't consider how I feel. It's not going to work if I consider how I feel. Your feelings are not reality. The Word of God is the truth. Your feelings are not the truth. The Word of God is the truth. Your circumstances are not the truth. The Word of God is the truth. The gospel is the truth. The gospel's the truth. I don't consider what I feel. I don't consider my circumstances. The only thing I consider is the gospel. The only thing I consider is the gospel. How did we start? I love that, that tongue. We come in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. We come in the name. Not we come in how we feel. And we women are real good at the moods. We need to put the moods in the water and bury them. So they don't come up again. All right? Now. Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin. Blessed. Why? Justified. There's no sin there. There's no sin there. Now. Now we've got the redemption. We've got the justified through the redemption of Jesus. We've got the grace. We didn't ask for it. We don't deserve it. We've got it anyway. Jesus died anyway. Jesus took your sins on his body anyway. He's not waiting for you to get them up there. They're already there. The only thing you've got to do is believe. They're already there. Ask him. He'll tell you. They're all there. You know that God, Jesus, wouldn't die. He wouldn't give up the ghost until he knew that he knew that he knew they were all gone. That they were all on him. Now, one more thing. Faith. Let's go to 17. 
This is talking about Abraham. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. What God told Abraham. And what Abraham believed. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who did the work here? God did. God did. Abraham couldn't make a baby. He was dead. Sarah couldn't hold a baby. She couldn't carry a baby. She was dead in her womb too. Who did the work? The Spirit of God. God did. 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. What did he do? He believed what God said. So shall thy seed be. He's getting sicker and sicker. So shall thy seed be. He's getting older and older. So shall thy seed be. He hung on to so shall thy seed be. 100 years old. 25 years later. So shall thy seed be. And the seed came into being. Being not weak in faith. Here it is. He considered not his own body now dead. We consider not what we feel. We consider not what we see. The only thing we consider is the reality of the truth of the gospel. It's the only thing we look at. It's the only thing we keep our eyes on. That's the only thing we make sure we feel. All right? When he was about 100 years old, it's a, uh, let's see, yeah. Consider not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He not only had to believe for himself, he had to help that other woman get, get with him. And she did. Thank God she did. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he would be able to, he was able to perform and therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness and not only that, he got to hold Isaac. He got to hold Isaac. But I want you to understand this, the seed wasn't Isaac. The seed wasn't Isaac. The seed that we were looking for wasn't Isaac. Do you understand that? The seed wasn't Isaac. Isaac was going to bring it about. But the seed wasn't Isaac. The seed was Jesus. When I, Abraham had Isaac, that's when the seed started. That's when the ball started rolling. We are all blessed in the seed. And that seed is Jesus. That's what Abraham was believing, getting the ball rolling, that we were going to have Jesus. Now, verse chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified, how? From what Jesus did on the cross, by grace. We didn't ask for it, he did it anyway. Therefore, being justified, how? By faith. Believing it even when we don't feel it. Believing it, trusting in it. Remember, faith is trust. 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 Putting the foot out when you don't see the stone to step on. Trust. We trust that that's what Jesus did for us, even though we don't see it. We trust it. Why? It's the Word of God. And the Word of God cannot be broken. Trust. Faith. Therefore, being justified. How? By faith. By faith. By trusting in what Jesus did. By hanging on to what Jesus did. By 
um, what is it? Trusting, adhere to, sticking like glue, trusting, even when you feel totally opposite, you trust in that word that Jesus went to the cross for you, that he died for you, he was buried for you. And when you do that, when you trust in that, look what happens. We have peace with God. Your justification. Now God looks at you and you're clean. You're clean. Not by your own works. Not by your attitude. You're clean because of Jesus. You are clean because of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that he shed for you. You are clean by that blood. Not by what you feel. Not by your attitude. Not by how cute you are. You are clean because of the blood of Jesus. And the Father sees clean. And there's peace. There's peace between you and the Father. Peace. Total peace. By whom also? By Jesus. We have access by that faith, by that trust in what he did into this grace. We didn't ask for it, but he did it anyway. And we rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice in the hope, the expectation of that honor. You know what happens when you rejoice in that? What you're believing for comes to pass. That's the honor of God. When you rejoice that that what your justification, you're justified. You can stand before the Father because of what Jesus did for you. When you trust in what that blood did for you, what Jesus did on the cross for you, when you trust, when you stand on that, there is peace between you and the Father and what you're believing comes. It comes. Why? God's been wanting to give it to you all along. We have it so backwards. God loved you first. God wanted to bless you first. The only reason he couldn't bless you was because of our sin. He can't give you good things when you're in sin. Well, then when we get justified, there's no sin. There's no sin, and we rejoice. You know what we rejoice in? We're adopted. We're adopted. I'll finish with this. When I was in Rootstown United Methodist Church, I was the president of the youth group for a year. And we had a, a prominent man in the church. He was a chiropractor. He was probably the most wealthy in, in that church. I mean, we're talking about rural Ohio. And they adopted a little girl. She's three years old. I cannot remember her name, but I do remember her smile. And she came in one day. They were, they were at uh, my boyfriend's house. I was there. And she came in. She had this big grin on her face. And she said, I'm adopted. She said, I'm adopted. They wanted me. They wanted me. I'll never forget her big smile. They wanted me. And they, she said, my name used to be something, but they, they gave me a new name. And I cannot remember what her name was, but I remember her just standing there with the biggest grin. They wanted me. We were adopted. We were wanted. Amen? Amen. 
I get thanks, Jesus, I thank you. I get thanks, Jesus, I thank you. Father, I thank you. I get thanks. I get thanks, Father, I thank you. I believe that the Spirit of God wants me to break the power of oppression over us. I think there are enough of us with this lovely little thing going on. We can get rid of some of this oppression. And it's oppressive. It is oppressive. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Jesus didn't come to oppress. There is liberty in the spirit. Father, I break the power of oppression over these women and men in Jesus' name. Father, I break the power of oppression right now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. Jesus came to relieve all those that were oppressed of the devil. I break the power of this oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression. I break the power. I break its power. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power. Oh, hush. I break the power of oppression in Jesus' name. I break that power. I break that power. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression now in Jesus' name. I break the power of oppression now. I break the power of oppression. I break your power. 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 It is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. I break your power. 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 I break the power of this oppression in Jesus' name. I break the power. I break your 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 power. I break the power of oppression in Jesus' name. I break your power. I break it. I break your power of oppression now in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody okay? Amen.
Amen. I break this power right now. I break this power right now. I break this power right now. I break the power of oppression. I break the power of oppression. I break the power of oppression now in Diana in Jesus' name. I break your power, you wicked lying devil. I break your power. 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 I break it. name. I get thanks. You all right, Diana? I get thanks. I break you. Ah, devil, loose her in Jesus' name. Loose her. Loose her. Loose her. Loose her. Loose her. Loose her in Jesus' name. Loose her. 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 You better? Are you better? for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. 
you may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.